seen things you people wouldn't believe. A pregnant woman being charmed by fake peanut butter. I watched an Iraqi ex-soldier lose consciousness eight separate times in a three-hour span. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. Time to die. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And we're here to talk about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. Before we dive in, I've got to say, I think that's one of my favorite intros that you've done. Okay, good, yeah. thanks. I almost threw in the uh, 250-pound rat with scimitar-like tusks and a surly <laughs> disposition who would like nothing more than to eviscerate anything that comes near, but I didn't, because I've, I've just said that too many times, and I didn't want to add another one. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm i so excited to talk about this the episode this week. This, uh, what, what did you think, uh, like initial impressions of this one? I really liked it. I And we get another double dose of daddy issues. Oh my gosh. And we get some hinted at daddy issues. I mean, this is truly... I mean, I can't wait to talk about Jin's daddy issues. They're so mm-hmm. great. It, yeah. Uh, it's really living up to its promise. I personally think that this episode is... And I think that I said this last time with House of the Rising Sun as well. So maybe I just really like the Quans. But this is lost banging on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Like, just all of it is, like, fun and good. And it I like that Jack and Kate kind of take a little bit of a backseat. We still have them in the episode because, you know, they of course they are. But they're, like, barely in it, really. We get to look at Jin and Son, and the flashbacks are great. The story on the island's great. Yeah, just all around, I'm a, I'm a fan of this one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I don't... If you want me to cut this out, I can. I don't want to embarrass you on the podcast. You had texted me asking what the title was referring to uh, because it is called In Translation. Um, and I was kind of stumped by that. So I did end up looking it up on the Lostopedia and uh, I did get this description. When read along with the series title, this episode's title is Lost dot 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 In Translation. A common phrase reflecting the difficulty of conveying the same meaning between two languages. Um, and this act, that actually kind of ties in to the fact that Jin speaks Korean only. So it's pretty interesting. It's a little bit of insider insider stuff about to talk about. That uh, is interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I yeah, it's I, not as bad as I think. Um, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, a horrendous title though. That's bad. Just call it Lost in Translation. Why not just call it that? You don't, right. need to, you don't need to be cute with it. Maybe we will get an episode that's just dot, dot, dot in space later on. I think that would be really fun. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump in. This episode aired February 23rd, 2005. It's directed by uh, Tucker Gates, who had directed Confidence Man, uh, the first Sawyer episode, and then he'll direct a few more over the course of the show. Um, and it was written by Javier Grigio Marchwatch, who did the uh, House of the Rising Sun, and others, um, he's he's written a few at this point. Also written by Leonard Dick, who this is his first writing credit on the show. He's been a producer since um, Special, since the Michael episode. And uh, he will be, he'll work on this show until I believe the end of season two. Mm-hmm. And then he'll go on to write for House on Fox. Oh. Um, did you watch House? Uh, yeah, I never got like super into it, but... I watched a few episodes, like, with my parents. I liked that show. I always I enjoyed it, it. Hugh Laurie's just fun. Mm-hmm. 
Well, to start off with, we open on Jin's eye and then immediately go into a flashback. Um, Jin is meeting Sun's father, Mr. Peck, uh, played by Byron Chung. And he talks about how he's from a fishing village and his father is dead. And Mr. Peck basically says, you know, I'll let you marry my daughter, but you have to work for me. And Jin agrees. So we kind of see this is him selling his soul, I guess. This episode, I mean, it's kind of his... A little bit of a mirror image to the Sun episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few flashbacks where we just see Jin's perspective of it. So this is, I guess, when Sun was kind of waiting out on that bridge. And then Jin comes out and surprises her. Uh, I I really don't know how accurate that kind of thing is. Um, in terms of, like, the father having to approve of the marriage. Mm-hmm. I Maybe that's how it's done in Korea. I don't know. Yeah, this... I, I like seeing Daniel Day Kim get to be, like, this sort of, like, good, upstanding guy. Because he hasn't really gotten to do that on the show so far. Yeah. Uh, and he's good at it. He's really, like, charming and sweet when he wants to be. Actually, I just saw in the news he's going to be in the live-action Avatar The Last Airbender thing that's going on Netflix. Oh, cool. He's going to be the, like, the Fire Lord. So, like, the big bad guy over it. So I'm pretty excited to see. Nice. Yeah. Back on the island... Jin sees Sun going out on the beach uh, in a bikini. We had her, the whole thing with him, like, buttoning up the top uh, button on her shirt at, like, episode two or three or whatever. So this is, uh, uh, this feels like her trying to take kind of a rebellion type thing, right, against yeah. him. Uh, he's, she's doing it right in front of him. Mm-hmm. He goes and immediately goes to cover her up. And then we get, like, a little bit of a, just kind of across the beach, everybody, like, watching it happen and, like, not saying anything. Um, or just kind of talking to themselves, like, oh, there they go again. I guess this is, <laughs> I mean, again, I don't know if Jin is supposed to be abusive necessarily. This is a great metaphor for domestic abuse, I suppose. Everyone mm-hmm. just watching. Michael tries to go and stop it when Jin sort of knocks Sun down. Yeah, um, that was hard to watch. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, he stops it. Looks like they're about to get into a fight, but then Sun slaps it. And they, Sun and Jin walk away. Jin asks Sun back at the caves, like, hey, what's going on between her and Michael? And she just says nothing's going on as she's getting dressed. Back in flashback, Sun is putting on her wedding reception dress, I guess? Her party dress. But she, they just got married, right? Yeah, that was my understanding, yeah. What did you think about this dress? Very Pretty. modest. Yes. Yeah, it's very like, I've, as she's like putting on, I'm like, oh, that looks nice. And then it shows the front and it's just like Little House on the Prairie yeah. in like in like fuchsia. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, that's something. Personally, I would not wear that, but go for it, son. Jin walks in while she's trying it on or getting it on with her friend, um... And Sun talks about how she wishes his father had been alive to see the wedding. And, you know, Jin agrees. Uh, and then she asks about their honeymoon. Um, but Jin says, you know, it'll happen in six months. Uh, I just need I need to prove myself that I'm really committed to this. Which, I don't know why. Why would you need to? You're already married. Right. So he's not going to take that back. I have to imagine that divorce would be shameful or whatever, based on mm-hmm. the, the rules they're playing by here. But I, that's just... I mean, that's part of Jin's thing, right? Is he thinks he needs to be the super provider and the protector. Mm -hmm. He gives her a flower again, kind of reflecting stuff from House of the Rising Sun. I I guess, 
I don't think they ever do go on a honeymoon, so I, I guess them crashing is their honeymoon. Yeah. Right? That's uh, that's kind of like the fun irony of it. Sun goes over to Michael as he's building the raft and apologizes uh, to him, uh, saying that she did it to protect him from Jin because uh, she, you know, he doesn't know what Jin is capable of. And Michael just kind of washes his hands of the whole thing, says, you know, that's your your thing to deal with. I'm not. I'm staying out of it now. Mm-hmm. What uh? What do you think about this raft? I, it's pretty high tech for yeah. wreckage. Yeah. Nice like, little catamaran. I mean, they use stuff that's from the plane, right? Like, it's all, like, the wires and, like, the... I guess the plane just had iron girders on it. Mm-hmm. It's all, like, stuff where it's, like... <laughs> I don't know. Like, the, the perfectly shaped pontoon end caps yeah. are so funny to me. Because, like, why would... The, I mean, did someone spend time doing that? Did they, like, shape it perfectly? Mm-hmm. Did, they, did they just have that piece come out of the plane? I don't know. I can tell you one thing. I would not step foot on that raft. Really? Let alone sail it across safe? the ocean. Well, yeah. you don't think that that raft could survive one single wave, at least? <laughs> I'm skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little... It, I mean, I don't know. Michael taking... Walt on it is insane to me. That yeah. That's his plan. Like, even if you're like, all right, I got to get out of here and I got to get my... It, other people will go. Just send them. Right. You don't have to be the guy that does it. You, right. The, uh, build the raft and then let someone else do it. And you certainly don't kid. need to bring your son. <laughs> yeah. At the very at the very least, leave him. Right. Uh, Jin is uh, hitting rocks with a golf club. Hurley comes up to talk to him. And, you know, offers to go fishing with him, brings a couple poles up, but Jin just ignores him. And uh, Hurley gives up. Uh, I liked this. The Hurley and Jin interactions up until this point have been pretty rough. I thought mm-hmm. Hurley was on his best behavior this episode, so... Yeah, he's that trying. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shannon is tying up, I guess, they're building, like, a deck for her. Like, they're building, like, a raised platform for her to sleep on. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great, like... For sure, that is something you would do on, like, whatever, they're on day 40. But it is just, I don't know, that's such a funny such a funny thing to have just one person with that kind of structure. And then everyone else is just sleeping underneath the tarp on the yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Saeed compliments her on her knots. Um, and she, <laughs> she says that she used to sail on uh, sailboats with other men. And that's how... I mean, they just kind of flirt here for a little bit. This, I think, is pretty good. And then Shannon says that they should uh, get some rope, spend a Saturday night alone together, and see what happens. Do you what? Do you know what she's talking about? What does she mean by this? I think that she wants to do like a knitting project with him or something oh my God, like that. That would be so make cute. a blanket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could make a big blanket. Um, <laughs> That to me is, I don't know, something about that is really funny because Shannon does not have to like drop that kind of hint. No. She, she could she very easily just be like, hey, so let's just go have sex. And then mm-hmm. Saeed would be like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but it's good. I like that they're giving her a little bit more to do now that they've kind of separated her from Boone a little yeah. bit. And that they're, they're not like tied together anymore. And I like them together. Who? Uh, Saeed Shannon and, and Saeed, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a good pairing. I think the most responsible person on the island paired up with the least is a fun... Yes. <laughs> that's fun stuff to play with. Mm-hmm. Michael 
uh, is telling Walt about New York City, about how the buildings inspired him to start drawing. This was extremely relatable to me. My dad tells me stuff like this all the time. Walt uh, does not seem interested at all. <laughs> he can't even pretend to be. And just says, oh, yeah, that's cool. Can I go play with Vincent? Mm-hmm. Of all the things to, like, capture a kid's interest in New York City, like, why are you bringing up the Flatiron Building <laughs> yeah. to, to a nine-year-old? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to really see the beauty of the architecture, I think. Mm-hmm. He's going to really see the strong lines. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he can't even see them right now because they're on an island. So he's just a, you're just he's just taking your word for it. Jack comes over and asks Michael how the raft's going and who's going to be going on it. So I guess... The way Jack says it makes it seem like a lot of people are, like, vying for the spot. Mm-hmm. Which seems, again, crazy to me. Why would you... I would not be going on that raft no. for sure. Mm-mm. I'd be thrilled to be one of the people that gets rescued whenever they find help, I guess. But mm-hmm. I'll be chilling on the island till then. There's only one spot open. So it's Michael and Walt, and then Sawyer is also going to be going. Because he bought his way in. And again, this... Like, even if we're just ignoring that the raft is just inherently unsafe and a bad plan, (laughs) like, Sawyer going does not make sense to me at all. Yeah. I don't know why he would want to, like, he doesn't get anything out of it. On the island, he's the king. Right. He's the one that people got to buy stuff from. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, on a raft, he will not have that. They'll just drown him if they if he doesn't give them, you know, whatever stuff he hoarded. Kate asks Sun... How long she's going to let Jin treat her poorly. And Sun says, you know, he wasn't always like this. They're having this conversation, but then people, they get distracted because people are starting to run down the beach. Uh, the raft is on fire. It's it's burning. And Locke is just kind of kind of staring at it. I had kind of forgotten who set the raft on fire. And so I was like, dang, did Locke set the raft on fire? Yeah, that, that was that my shot? thought too. Yeah, like, dang, that's a little, that's a little harsh, dude. You and Michael, like... Just became buddies two episodes ago. Come mm-hmm. on. Uh, Michael is obviously devastated, uh, and he starts blaming Jin, shouting at Sun. I like that Kate is, like, Sun's buddy, and mm-hmm. is, like, stepping in between them. And then Jack does as well. And Jack is, like, the only person being like, hey, you uh, you actually don't know that Jin did this. Mm-hmm. Um, at least at first. Uh, yeah, everybody and- is so convinced because he was on the beach in the morning. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, I guess that they... I mean, Locke explicitly calls it out later, but, like, yeah, it's insane to think that this is what he would do. Yeah. If he was mad at Michael. Like, the last time he was mad at Michael, he waited until he was in the middle of everybody else and then just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> so, like, why wouldn't he just do that again if he's mad right. at Michael? Back at the caves, Jin is trying to wash off his hands. He's got burns on the top of his arms. Um, Sun asks if he did it. Jin is not really answering, but storms off when she mentions Michael. In flashback, uh, Jin gets promoted from whatever factory worker position he was at uh, to a special assistant working for Mr. Peck. He sends Jin to deliver a special message to some secretary of something or another in the government. Um, And uh, Jin goes and delivers the message, was, which is just that Mr. Peck is displeased. I guess the context of it later, like, Peck acts like it's so obvious. Yeah. That he was supposed to, but that's all he said, was just go deliver this message. I'm displeased. Mm-hmm. I'm on Jin's side, I guess is what I'm saying, for for this. Or maybe I would be really bad in the mafia, is maybe what <laughs> I'm learning from this episode. I'm obviously always eating 
Gabagool, um, Capicol. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. But, uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't be good at this kind of stuff. Um, Jin goes to deliver the message, and the guy is like, please, not in front of my family. Uh, he's fully expected to just get killed. Uh, but instead, he just says, oh, you're Mr. Pexis, please. The guy's ecstatic. His daughter is sitting there watching TV with her dog. Did you see what was on the TV? I did. Yeah. So it's uh, it's our boy, Hurley. Uh, this is fun. Last episode was kind of the first one where stuff, like... Uh, we had the, the between Sawyer and Christian's dad and uh, Jack's dad, Christian. Mm-hmm. We had that connection. But we really haven't seen, other than that, too much of other people in the flashbacks, right? I guess Sawyer being detained. Oh, yes. Right? But that's kind of it. Yeah. Yes, that's a good point. But yeah, this is, it feels like they started to ramp this up here. Of mm-hmm. like, okay, now we're seeing like there's different connections all over. I tried really hard to find out people's theories on why Hurley was on the TV. Mm-hmm. And I could not find any. I'm sure there must have been some good ones out there. I would love to know what people were thinking, but uh, we don't get any explanation in this episode, at least. Uh, the guy <laughs> gives Jin uh, his kid's dog and says, you know, it's a championship breed. Please take it. You have to take it. I don't. I still think I would maybe not take that dog if I was Jin. Um, <laughs> it would have stayed in that apartment. If yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to take the dog away no. from the kid. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, what, I'm just going to raise it now? Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is what Jin does. I don't know. Also, the dog, uh, they kind of don't really show it in this episode, but the timeline does not. There's a little bit of a retcon here. Yeah. Um, because the timeline doesn't match up. Because in Sun's flashbacks, Jin comes home one night, gives her the dog as a puppy, and then does his like weird paternal, now you have to take care of it, sweetie, uh, speech. Mm-hmm. But And then like the dog grows up to show the passage of time. And then Jin comes home with his hands all bloody. But in this episode, it's like, what, like a week apart or two yeah. days apart or something like right. that. Or it's maybe a time-traveling dog, and we don't know. We don't, we don't know, know yet, but we'll find out. We'll get that. Will come to light over the course of the series, I imagine. Uh, okay, now we're getting, in my opinion, the weirdest scene of this episode. I don't understand it still. Uh, Saeed comes to talk to Boone, and he tell he he comes. What does he say? He says, "Me and your daughter are going to be more, or me and your daughter, me and your sister are going to be more than just friends." Yeah, soon. something like that. What a weird <laughs> con. This is such a like. I'm all for, like, the little smirks that Saeed gives when, like, Boone, like, you know, falls over his own spear running through the jungle <laughs> from the traps. Those are fine. This is very weird uh, behavior. Uh, he I, just, it's pretty out of character, right? Yeah. yeah. Saeed comes over and says, all right, Boone, I just want to tell you this. He says he's extending a courtesy. He goes over to say, hey, Boone me and your sister are going to bone down soon. Just FYI. (laughs) This only makes sense if he knows that Boone and Shannon had had sex before. Yeah. Because then I I would maybe understand if this was like an ex-boyfriend situation, but brother is very weird. Yeah. And Boone, I kind of love this. Boone just straight turns it around on him. Boone says, all right, well, just so you know, like she's just going to drop you. Uh, She just wants an older man to take care of her. And Mm -hmm. you, you fit the bill here, so... Uh, um, you know, don't take it personal when she does that. And he fully gets in Saeed's head. 
Uh, which, in my opinion, I mean, obviously the innocent party in all this is Shannon just trying to live her life. Uh, I'm on Boone's... I'm I'm happy that Boone did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Saeed was being real weird. Jin wakes up in the jungle, uh, and he washes his hands in the river. So he has, like, basically spent the last night in exile. But uh, who tracks him down but Sawyer? And <laughs> Sawyer punches him in the face and knocks him out. Um, I believe it was a roundhouse kick to the face. Oh, was it a roundhouse kick? Yeah, I missed that. It's a kick. That's even yeah. better. I'm sure he was wearing his like halfway to Jenko jeans as well, Lauren, yeah. so that's perfect. <laughs> Saeed goes to help Shannon with her tent and says that, you know, she's very capable and she should find someone else to help her build it. Um, and then Shannon immediately knows that Boone talked to him uh, and is mad about it. She's not really mad at Saeed at all, which is weird. I would be mad at Saeed for listening to that and for yeah. thinking that mattered at all. But she's just mad at Boone. So she goes to find Locke, uh, who is gutting a rat. Now, I know if you're, like, on a desert island, obviously your standards will, like, go down. But can you eat rats? I... Like, can, I, I thought humans would, like... Don't they have, like, diseases that will just yeah. kill us? Yeah. Like, I guess if you cook it long enough, maybe it's fine, but... It seems that would be too risky. I think maybe on, like, rat night around the campfire, I'm grabbing an extra papaya. Yeah. And then maybe that's what I'm eating that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll wait until we get a sea urchin night again. It's sea urchin Sundays is, I believe, on the island. Yeah. So, Locke, uh, <laughs> Shannon asks where Boone is, and Locke says, I haven't seen him. And she goes, oh, really? I thought you guys were, like, jungle pals now, which I think is very funny. I actually really loved this scene. Mm-hmm. Um Locke, you know, asks, uh, she, she, she gives Locke, like, this long list of instructions, like, okay, well, next time you see Boone, you tell him that if he wants to talk to Saeed, he can just talk to me, and he's like, well, should I be writing this down? You can yell at Boone until you're blue in the face, but you're just giving him what he wants, which is your attention, so, uh, everybody on this island gets a new life, you should start yours. This is great, I mean, it kind of makes me wish that it had been Shannon and Locke this whole time. Yeah. I kind of think that would have been a little bit more interesting. Especially because they haven't done much with Boone since. It mm-hmm. would for sure have made the scene where he would have ended up, like, tying her up in the jungle and putting some kind of hallucinogen on her head a lot more menacing. But uh, I do think it would have been pretty fun to see Shannon have that journey instead of Boone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just like Locke. I like when Locke does these, like, weird little things to push people. Yeah, and I think, too, Shannon gets to the conclusion a lot quicker than Boone did. Like, Boone needed to be dragged. Yeah. Or, so- or Sawyer, last episode. Yeah. Like, Sawyer yeah. did not understand the point of what Locke was saying at any point. Mm-hmm. Shannon immediately was like, oh yeah, you're right. I, let me have some growth real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I also do think we've talked about how Locke is the island daddy, and it does feel like he's kind of being like, alright, well, you two are siblings, so you actually can't be romantic for each other anymore. I'm sorry. Right, I, yeah. I'm putting my foot that's down weird. here on this mm-hmm. one, kids. You, this has to stop. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that's the right instinct. Sawyer brings uh, Jin back. Uh, the only reason I'm even mentioning this scene, he's like trudging him through the jungle with his hands tied behind his back, holding a knife. And he kicks Jin down to the ground and says, people on that beach might have been doctors and accountants a month ago, but it's Lord of the Flies time now, as he, like, waves the knife in front of his face. Mm-hmm. I, I know for a fact that that, like, little clip 
was in the promo for this episode because I remember seeing that on TV all the time. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. The the Lord of the Flies time. As he wa- mm-hmm. I can just see how he waves the knife in front of his face as he does it. It's like burned into my brain. Back in flashback, Sun makes a really nice dinner for her and Jin. And we have a tense scene of like him getting phone calls and him being like, nah, I'm not going to answer it. And then the house phone rings. And they just stare at each other for a while, and then he goes to answer it. Pretty heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out he didn't deliver the message correctly. So now he has to deliver a hitman to that secretary's house uh, to take care of it. I love this hitman. He's he's uh, wearing a suit that does not fit him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all white. It's all white. What? Yeah, the worst possible. Doing? If you're going to kill somebody, there's maybe one specific color you avoid. <laughs> I always think this kind of thing is funny. Like, I love watching shows and finding out who the show is telling us is supposed to be badass. Like, mm-hmm. do you, in you've yeah, you've watched Breaking Bad. The in the those like two twins that have the boots in Breaking yeah. Bad are like the real like you better watch out for these guys. And it's like if you saw that guy in real life, you would be laughing at him. Yeah. <laughs> and same with this dude with his weird like wearing his dad's suit jacket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you would not be like, oh, there's a hitman. Like, that can kind of work for certain stuff. I'm not, like, sometimes it's a good juxtaposition, but it does not work here, I don't think. I don't know, it just, he just seems very funny to me. Jin takes him to the house, but as the guy's getting out, Jin just rushes out, bursts down the door, and just beats the guy up in front of his family um, instead of letting him die. Mm-hmm. So, as far as we know, right, this is the first, this is the first instance of Jin doing something like this. Mm-hmm. Because he had just gotten promoted, told to deliver the message, and then now is being told, this is how you're supposed to deliver the message. So this is kind of, I mean, also with the timeline with the dog, I think kind of speaks to this too, but this is kind of just a retcon of Jin, right, in this episode? Like, mm-hmm. they're kind of like trying to ease you off of thinking, like, they clearly made a choice where they were like, well, we actually are going to maybe not make Jin completely irredeemable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he comes home with... Uh, blood on his hands, we get that kind of repeat scene from House of the Rising Sun where he's trying to wash off the blood. But instead of it being like Sun getting keyed into his private life, now it's the context is Sun is seeing this like this new low point in his life right. that like he's just now reached. And it just hits different. Which I yeah, what do you what do you think about that actually? Maybe maybe that is better for the end, but I'm just curious, like what are your thoughts on Jin and how he's getting a kind of put in a different light. Well, I like that we're this episode is from his perspective and kind of like why he's doing what he's doing. But it, there is just, I don't know if it like fully redeems him for me until I guess the, the end when he is, decides that he wants to be done and like comes to that realization. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just. I really like this episode. Um, just feeling a little disappointed in Jim. Well, there's, there still is no matter what the like undercurrent of like abuse, right? That's going yeah. on, and not even necessarily physical, because actually, Jin, <laughs> Sun, Sun has slapped more people than Jin has at this point. Yeah, like, it, but like in terms of being controlling and that kind of thing, that that's always like that's kind of baked into their relationship. Mm-hmm. So like you can't you can't just show the other side of it and be like oh see it actually there's like there isn't like a context where that is okay yeah Jin even though Jin 
we're seeing in this episode he's maybe redeemable, he still has been a very shitty husband. Yeah. Like he, he's not redeemed, I don't think, by any means. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we see him, he breaks down crying after Sun leaves and, you know, staring at himself in the mirror, covered in blood. Uh, in my mind, that's pathetic. If I got to stare at myself in the mirror, covered in blood, I'd be like flexing, doing cool poses. <laughs> I'd be you never get selfies. that chance. Oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, I would, yeah, I would be for sure posting that saying, hashtag, you should see the other guy. That would be... <laughs> Maybe you'd be good in Maybe the I would be good, about, yeah. yeah. The, the Mafia, they publicly post about the things they do, right? That's like a main All thing. All the time. But, yeah. Um, and I, I will say this, I'm wearing a very thin gold chain right now, like... You cannot right. believe how thin this gold chain is. So maybe maybe it would be good in the Mafia. <laughs> Sawyer brings Jin to the beach, and uh, everyone argues over what to do. Everyone's kind of choosing sides. It is interesting, actually. The last time we really got... Because the Sawyer episode where... Uh, it's Confidence Man. Where they... Um, not really like everybody is involved in that. It's kind of just Jack and Saeed decide that they need to torture Sawyer. Yeah. But, like, previously, the last time we saw something where everybody was kind of, like, on the beach getting involved was when Jin was beating up Michael. Mm-hmm. So Jin is kind of, like, the the inter-party, like, instigator is kind of how they're using him up to this point. I didn't really think about that till right now. But, yeah, Jin is kind of, like, the antagonist that's with them still. And it's, yeah, now that you point that out, it's, like... Really unsettling that he's the one person on the island that can't speak English. Yeah, and like, for sure. I don't know. It's like a mob yeah. coming to get him. I mean, I do like in this scene. Even everybody's sitting around arguing, and then we get like a point from his point of view, him just looking at everyone, yeah. and they're just speaking gibberish, mm-hmm. which is just them. It's just like backwards and sped up, very Lynchian. Mm-hmm. But they, I do like that. Like, and especially this episode. He is just so alone now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that isn't that is a thing where it's just like if if Jin, if anybody made a real effort to communicate, and that's including Jin because he people like Hurley in this episode tried to reach out, but like if anyone made a real effort to communicate, he would be a lot less threatening to everybody. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, that's that is true. Um, yeah. So Michael finally gets to Jin and. Uh, starts punching him, and Jin is just kind of taking it too. He's really not fighting back. Uh, he's in front of Walt too. I know, I know. Yeah, Sun finally screams out for him to stop in English. Huge. I mean, this is a commercial break moment for sure. Everybody is surprised. <laughs> Hurley says, "Didn't see that one coming," um, which is funny, except for it's like, well, you did talk about how Jin might speak English, like, three episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it wasn't that big of a leap, really. It's just the mm-hmm. other Korean speaker on the island. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Sun says that he burnt his hands trying to put out the fire. And then everyone is kind of starting to turn on her now for, I guess, for lying. And, you know, Sawyer's like, well, of course she's going to stick up for him. But then Locke, Locke comes in just coming out of the jungle saying, you know, no, why would he do that? Why would he uh, burn our only method of escape? Uh, and he gives a speech about how... Which is, this to me is weird. I think it's a great little speech, and it's fun, and Terry O'Quinn gets to have fun with it again, about how they're not the only people on this island, and they all know it. And this is good, and maybe you could argue, like, maybe that is how it would go, right? Like, would people, 
just kind of try to ignore that kind of thing so that they could keep on just chilling on the beach. Mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> the only reason that he gets to have this big moment is because they've been, like, weirdly avoiding the subject. Mm-hmm. Like, they just don't talk about how Ethan came from some other part of the island. So, like, everybody at home is having theories about it, and then Locke is starting to call people out on it for not talking about it. But, like, that doesn't... It feels like the characters would have talked about it at this point. It's That's just that the all writing I would has talk about. Them. Yeah, oh, for sure. I would be so suspicious coming up with diagrams of the people I remember seeing on the plane. Mm-hmm. Everybody backs down, though, after Locke's speech... And uh, Jin walks away from Sun. We get a really beautiful shot, like a wide shot of them on the beach uh, as he walks away from her and she just kind of stands there in despair. Michael goes through the wreckage of his raft and he pretty much can't salvage any of it. Kind of throws a little bit of a tantrum and then calms down, says he's going to start a new one, and Walt asks if he can help. And so they're clearly going to bond by making this new raft. I mean, this is cute. Mm. Malcolm David Kelly is doing pretty good this episode, I think. I think Walt, I, he, he's in a few scenes. They don't give him a ton to do, but I think he's, he's doing good. Yeah. Sun goes to the caves to question Jin, uh, but he just won't talk to her. She, she's talking to him in Korean, and then finally as he's walking away, she screams out in English and says, you know, I was going to leave you, but, you know, that day at the airport you gave me the flower and I remembered what we had, and then she asks to start over. Uh, with him in Korea. Absolutely beautiful scene. This is so good. Mm-hmm. Yoonjin Kim kills it. Just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I normally hate in TV shows, uh, whenever they, they have like two characters who both speak the same language, and but then they also speak English, where they'll, they'll just speak English with an accent to each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, well, why would they be doing that? Like, maybe if they're at work or something, they have to speak English so it's easier to not switch back and forth. But, like, if they're just at home, they would not be speaking English to each other. No. Um, we watched House of Gucci this weekend. Oh, nice. How was that? And that, was, that was my biggest complaint about the movie. Like, I thought it was good. But uh-huh. it's just, like, Adam Driver and Lady Gaga talking like this to each other. And <laughs> I, like, just do it in Italian if you're going to do it at all. Come on. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. And it's, yeah. yeah. Usually it's it's not a good move. Not a good look. No. But the thematic element of this, where it's, you know, their whole problem is that she can speak English. Like, it, it adds another layer to it that I just love. Mm-hmm. I think this is so good. And I think that it's handling this kind of relationship with about as much nuance as you can on primetime ABC 2005. Yeah. And it, I, it's good. I think it's really good. All right. In flashback, Jin goes to see his daddy uh, in a small fishing village. This I love so much. So I love this guy. Good. This guy should be in every flashback. It wouldn't make any sense for any other flashback. <laughs> it wouldn't even make sense for Sun, mm-hmm. the, to, even though they're both in Korea. Like, uh, this guy rules. Um, it's the only daddy issues where the issues are not coming from the daddy. Yeah. Right? This is this is sun issues. This is sunny mm-hmm. issues. Um, <laughs> Jin goes, he's, you know, wearing his slick suit, got his sunglasses on, and goes to see his father and breaks down crying, saying he's sorry because he was ashamed of his father. Uh, and the dad welcomes him with open arms. This is so great. I mean, mm-hmm. 
Jin, you know, tells him about Sun, tells him she's beautiful and smart and funny and yada yada. Uh, says, in a good world, she would hate her father, not me. And then his dad says, Jin, it is a good world. You don't have to, you know, you can leave. You, you don't have to, there's nothing more important than her, right? So, mm-hmm. so just leave and go to America and start a new life. And he convinces him to do that. Great. I love this scene. This is so fun. That was so good. So touching. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Uh, it's it is just nice. I mean this this show has a type, right? I was actually thinking about this. Obviously, everyone has daddy issues. Uh, <laughs> we get a hint even more this episode of Shannon's with Boone being like, "Oh, she yeah, she's just looking for an older guy to protect her." Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I wish we got a Shannon episode because I'd love to see what's going on there. But they're all also only children. I think Charlie is the only one who. Uh, who has a sibling mm-hmm. explicitly that we've seen. I mean, the thing is, is like none of them talk about it. So obviously any of them. Oh, I guess Locke had a sister. But she, well, she was a foster sister, right? Yeah, foster sister. So it's hard to say how many siblings he has. Like, it is just nice for them to break the mold a little bit of, of not, yeah. of just like, you know, yeah, we're going to put it in the other direction. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jin... Uh, it goes back to the island, and Jin says, no, it's too late uh, to Sun. Which, uh, yeah, just heartbreaking after... I mean, and I don't want to... I think Yoon Kim did a great job. Daniel Day Kim is also doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Especially when he breaks down on the dock to his dad. Like, it, I, you know, we've talked about this. I'm a, I'm a crier. Uh, and I, uh, I for sure started, like, tearing up at that. He does mm-hmm. some... He, he, it's cute. It's really good. Shannon goes to uh, Saeed and kisses him. And she says she wants to start her new life now with him. This is good. They're silhouetted by the fire. It looks really nice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great scene. Um, and back in the caves, Locke plays backgammon with Walt. And Walt asks about Locke's dad. Uh, and Locke says, you know, Walt says, was your dad cool? And Locke says, no, he wasn't cool doesn't really explain any more than that so that's right we're we're uh we're still batting a thousand here folks Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) nobody nobody uh no lost character left behind but then Locke asks why walt burned the raft uh and says that he won't tell walt says it's because he doesn't want to move anymore he likes the island and he likes being here which is kind of nice i mean it set this whole chain of events in motion obviously but it is nice that it comes from Walt, where it's just like, yeah, I... It's clearly because now he feels like he can have a relationship with his dad. Right. And he doesn't... That's the only time he's gotten that is on this island, so he doesn't want to give that up. It's, mm-hmm. uh, You know, they don't go super far into it in this scene, but that is kind of a heartbreaking idea. Uh, and now they're going to be building the next raft together. Uh, and Locke, you know, he says that he likes it here, and Locke says that he likes it here, too. I will say this scene is a little bit... I mean, again, we've already talked about this. Maybe we've, you know, beaten this horse to death. Uh, the whole, like, hey, let's have a secret, you and I. It's like a pretty, yeah. pretty <laughs> standard like groomer, uh, grooming <laughs> technique. Like, you know, I, nothing wrong with, you know, uh, not telling somebody's parents that you saw their kid broke a window or whatever. But, like, it is medicine <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think also, like, 
like usually Locke's interactions with people, it's like, okay, Island Daddy is here. He is going mm-hmm. to say some wisdom, but like Walt's dad is there. Yes. <laughs> so it's yes. just so weird. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's not that's like the intention yeah. behind it, but uh, man, it doesn't land very well for me. Yeah, Walt is the only person on the island who can actually continue to work through their daddy issues. I didn't really yeah. think about that. Uh-huh. Nobody else is going to have them get any better. <laughs> I guess unless Locke uh, bondages them up in the jungle, and then they can... Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so yeah, Jin uh, brings starts bringing some big bamboo logs, I guess, to, uh, to help Michael build, start building the next raft. And uh, Michael... Except, so, like, clearly, I I mean, this is great. It's just Jin feels so betrayed by Sun that he's willing to work with Michael now, who up until now would maybe be the only two people on the island I would have classified as enemies. Mm-hmm. We get another montage. Uh, Hurley listens to Delicate by Damien Rice. Uh, this is my favorite of the little montage songs from Hurley's Walkman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say... Uh, that we've gotten so far, and that we ever will again. Um, Weird mix that he is listening to. Yeah, that is true. I know. I wonder what that CD actually is. <laughs> the next, the next song was uh, Slim Shady. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sun uh, goes out in her bikini again. Uh, the camera, boy, it sure does linger on her. I mean, mm-hmm. she looks great. I think that this scene is, it, again, it kind of, there is that empowerment aspect of it. I don't, I, I know that that's what people say all the time when they're like, all right, yeah, we'll have some uh, scantily clad women in this. Uh, and they're actually, it's because of empowerment. And you're like, well, that's not, it, you, you, you're the one writing that in. So it's yeah. less empowering. But I, it does work for this, I think. Uh, Charlie brings Claire a little snack and they sit on the beach together. I guess they're, do you think, would you say they're going steady at this point? Charlie thinks so, for sure. Charlie, yeah, oh, for sure. Charlie thinks they're married. Charlie thinks that biologically he's the father of that kid. Um, Even though I don't think that they have kissed yet. No, I don't think they have either. And then uh, the batteries in the Walkman go out. uh, as we're getting. I know, that is, isn't that like a cool end to the episode, though? Yeah, I love it because it's a joke, right? It's like you kind of, you're in the middle of this song, which... That song is, like, complete build-up to, like, this one moment. And the song, like, cuts out right before you get to that moment. So already that's pretty funny. Uh, and then it's, like, then you realize the kind of, like, it's a pretty melancholy ending to the episode. Nobody wants to kill Jin anymore, but, like, him and Son aren't speaking to each other. Jin mm-hmm. is, like, just on, Jin is an island unto himself at this point. Like, he doesn't understand anybody. Uh, so it's, like, this kind of bittersweet ending. And then... You just get, like, one more... It's like a joke, but also a realization. Like, oh, yeah, we're stuck on this island. I'm never getting more batteries. Right. Unless I, like, hog tie Sawyer and waterboard yeah. or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got to have some somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, dot, dot, dot in translation. It's number 73 on IMDb. Hmm. Way too low, in my personal opinion. Yeah. What was House of the Rising Sun again? Ooh, House Wasn't of the Rising like... Sun, I think it was lower. I think it was yeah. in the 80s or something like that. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if it's just in, maybe I'm just starting, maybe because we're analyzing this more, I'm really starting to to look at 
the Quans a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I'm just really enjoy- I think these episodes are really underrated. I think this one was yeah. fantastic. I thought last week's was great too, but I don't think it deserves a number 73. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so I wanted to ask, we do this at the end of every episode, Did you? would you say you had like a particular, over the course of this episode, like a favorite character? Oh, it's Jin's dad, right? Jin's dad, yeah. I mean, here's what I will say. Jin's dad is great. Um, I do kind of think, for me, the island is really... I mean, it's because it's almost like a character itself, right? Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah, the island is really shining through on this one. Okay, actually, now that we've said this, what what are we on? This is episode 17. Mm-hmm. Episode 22 Another plane crashes. No survivors except one. It's Jin's dad. Does the show get immediately like a hundred times better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be perfect. That would be perfect television. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of messed up that I know that that doesn't happen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, next week we get Numbers, our first uh, Hurley episode. Um, Oh, yay! Yeah, so maybe we will find out why he's on that TV. You can tweet at us at all the best pods. You can send us an email, all the best podcast at gmail.com. Please leave a five star review for us. Uh, we would and love also, that. Also, thanks so much to everybody who did put in reviews. Yeah. The five star uh, ones. Yeah. I mean, we've got. Whoever did that three star one? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's interesting. We've gotten hundreds of thousands of five star reviews and then one three star review. Yeah. And I actually am going personal. to kill the person that left the three-star <laughs> review. I know that I'm legally not allowed to say that, but I am <laughs> going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And you know, and also, just maybe give us a phone call every once in a while. Yeah. Send Check us in text. on us. Come yeah. down to the dock where I'm working. And I don't even care. You can unload the fish with me. I don't care. It's fine. I'll, I'll give you a hug and tell you it's okay. But until uh, next week, get lost. Get lost.